Hello, I'm Kelly Mundell, Digital Editor of IOSH magazine. Welcome to our podcast series, which will feature exclusive interviews with industry experts, behind-the-scenes discussions with members, and conversations with future leaders of the health and safety profession. In this episode, award-winning journalist Matt Lammy interviews Sarah Newton, the UK Health and Safety Executive's newly appointed chair. Sarah tells us about the regulator's priorities, her first impressions of the safety industry, and her very full in-tray. You've started HSC at a time when um, health, safety, and well-being has never had a higher profile. Uh, what do you see as the, the immediate challenges in the sector? You're absolutely right. Um, enabling people to go home from work safely, you know, has, it's, it hasn't ever been this important. Well, I can't remember a time in my lifetime when there's been so much focus on it. So it won't surprise you that our focus right now is on making as many workplaces as COVID secure as possible and with employers and people in those workplaces to make them feel safe and to be safe at work. And there's a lot of focus on people being asked to work from home. And, and of course, there are many, many people now working from home. But I think it's we shouldn't forget that there are lots of people who can't stay at home and in manufacturing and care homes and hospitals and we we must be very mindful of their safety as they're working through what I'm sure will be a long and hard winter. Yes, well, I mean, in terms of um, the restrictions and different rules and, the, and even just the, the practices that we're, we're having to take on at the moment, do you see them being with us forever? And, and if some of them are, will that be a good or bad thing? So you're talking about the, the changing nature of work with many yeah. more people working from home or at least part of their time from home. And during the uh, the pandemic is an acceleration of a, a lot of trends which were already happening with increased technology, increased accessibility to technology, improvements in broadband speeds. But many people were, if their work permitted, working flexibly some of the time some of the time in the office. Clearly, we've seen an acceleration of that trend. But of course, there are, you know, no two people are the same and no two occupations are the same. And there'll be uh, different considerations as we go forward. So for many people, the opportunity not to work from home is something that they enjoy. If they've got space and they can set up an office at home, they've got good access to broadband, then that you know can be a very positive experience and it can be very productive for employers too. However, there are whole groups of other people who find it very difficult to work from home. There could be also some very vulnerable people who are suffering from you know domestic abuse or violence or have a mental health condition which is exacerbated by isolation or other people people who may not have access to superforce broadband. And so employers will need to be very mindful of the range of experiences amongst their employees to think about the best way of enabling people to carry on working safely in the future. And I'm sure it will be a blended approach of people spending some time in offices and some time working at home. With, um, with, with occupational health and safety sort of moving away from purely, being purely about safety and risk uh, and more towards well-being and um, occupational diseases and, and the sort of daily lifestyle choices, um, what, what role do you see the HSC having in, in this? 
No, you're really quite right to focus on the word health in health and safety. And where many people think of us as, you know, our safety function with our yellow hats on and our high-vis jackets in, in power stations, a hugely important part of the ASC's work and you will be to prevent harm at work. So therefore, a very much a focus on promoting good health at work. And this has been a real theme of our work for some time now and will continue to be so. We're constantly looking at the evidence that comes from our investigations and our inspects through academia with other professional bodies and the work that's taken undertaken by our science division to be looking at risk and emerging risk and seeing what we can do by working constructively, proportionately with employers to reduce the exposure to harms and risks in the workplace. You notice because many of your uh, members and practitioners have been supporting our work in HSE, we've had a particular focus on preventing MSK conditions and mental health. And these are the two main reasons why people do fall out of the workplace. And there's raise awareness of those issues and take actions to support people, um, whether they're working in a workplace or at home, to prevent ill health from either poor musculoskeletal, um, sorry, musculoskeletal conditions or from mental health conditions. Well, that's great because my next question is about mental health. So what is um, HSC doing to support mental uh, health provisions and, and what more can be done? Yeah, this has been um, a consistent part of the HCC's work now for the last few years to look at what more we can do to raise awareness with employers about mental health in the workplace, what steps they can do to prevent it, and how they can support people with mental health conditions to play their full part in the workplace. So this ranges from work with health and work unit in the Department of Work and Pensions, Public Health England, right the way through to a range of practitioners such as our members of IOSH and we've published and joint uh, published and collaborated with a range of organizations to produce really good advice available to all employers by our bulletins and social media. Right. Um, some, the, the, what the, uh, the, the HSC currently does with IOSH, um, how do you think that will change or develop it in the coming years? Bill, that you're a very important organisation and great collaborators. Um, clearly, you have a very important role in developing the workforce. And it's very important that we continue to support you in doing that and work very closely with you. What are your, um, what's your plans for the future of the HSC? And um, how do you see it supporting health and safety professionals as we move forward? So in the short term, our focus is on making sure that um, workplaces are COVID secure. And we were fortunate to have secured additional funding from the government to expand our ability to do spot checks, uh, work proactively with our local authority partners who we work very closely with them and increasing their capacity and capability to make sure those workplaces are as, as safe as possible. So what I've been very team is clear on the HSE that while we are increasing our work um, in that area, we want to make sure we do not lose focus on the high-risk, um, low-prevalence workplaces, which we're responsible for, such as offshore oil and gas, keeping the lights on in power stations, 
so that we are continuing to make sure that we do in investigations tragically where there are fatalities and we continue with our inspection regimes there. Now, as if we look a bit more towards the medium term and we've learned to have vaccinated, treating COVID and learning to live with COVID, we, we, we won't be um, in the crisis mode forever. And so we want to make sure that we're looking ahead to the new industries of the future and making those the safest workplaces they can possibly be. So I'm thinking about the increasing workplace, um, artificial intelligence, where humans are working alongside robots, um, really looking at the implications for that about safety in the workplace, considering um, the, the government's huge ambition to get to net zero, will be playing an increasingly important role with organisations that are developing hydrogen as replacement to unnatural gas. It's very important that we make sure that not only people working in those industries are safe and we've learned all the lessons from the past, but also to offer that um, safety assurance to consumers. Moving at zero will mean some very significant um, transitions in the fuels that we use for measuring our cars and lorries and trains and planes right the way through to how we heat our homes. So we have been involved in that work and I think we'll have an increasingly important role to play there. And then of course recently the HSE has been given considerable new responsibilities, um, firstly in regards to the transition out of the European Union and we'll be taking over and standing up new regulatory functions for the chemicals industry and plant protection product and taking forward the findings of the independent review undertaken by Dane Judith Hackett into lessons learned from the Grenfell tragedy, um, which the government has accepted her recommendations, one of which was to create an independent building safety regulator. Now, the legislation is just beginning its journey through Parliament. We'll be very involved in making sure that that regulator um, is, has all the powers that it needs to make sure that people can feel safe living in a high-rise building. And I just wanted to know um, how you feel the process of putting it together is, is happening and how well it's going and, and, and what you hope to achieve with it. It's very much in the um, beginning stages. The legislation which will enable the creation of the Building Safety Regulator is in its pre-legislative scrutiny in Parliament at the moment. A partnership between a number of bodies and regulators. But I'm confident that we have um, the skills and the desire to do an excellent job and create a first-class new regulator. Wonderful. Okay, that's that's super. I've got, I've got a few questions now um, about uh, about you mainly, and if you don't mind, and I just want to, to okay. talk about your background. Um, so you have a lot of experience in business and government, um, but perhaps not so much in health and safety. So I wanted to know why did you take on this role with the HSC, and um, what's your interest in the sector? So when I uh, was a minister in the Department for Work and Pensions, I had the honour of being uh, responsible for the Health and Safety Executive. Now, it's fair to say, until that point, like most people, I had a pretty sketchy understanding of what uh, health and safety But during my time um, as a minister, I worked closely with the HSE and had enormous admiration 
for the work that they undertook and a deep commitment to the aims of Health and Safety Executive. And I worked with them, for example, uh, ensuring about the future of occupational health and what more we could do to ensure that people could uh, confidently remain in work who had long-term health conditions and preventing people from falling out of work and made sure that the HSC had a very important role in the development of those policies. When I stood down from Parliament, um, I really wanted to find a job where I could put all my experience to work. I was just as motivated by wanting to make a positive difference the day after I was an MP as while I was an MP. So when I saw the job ad for the chair, um, I seized a bit of my you know, deep commitment to the aims of the HSE, um, my recent experience. And I thought I had a lot to contribute to the organisation, particularly at the current time when there is a huge amount of interface with Whitehall and Westminster in setting up the regimes, the post-Brexit regime and the Building Safety Regulator, um, that uh, I would be able to bring all of that experience of how to get things done um, in Parliament to the board of the HSC. Oh, well, you, you've answered my next question as well, actually, which was, what do you, you hope personally to bring to the HSE? Well, a huge amount of commitment and uh, passion for our work and um, a lot of practical experience to enable us to be successful. Great. Um, one of, I suppose one of the things that we, we, that we can say about the health and safety um, industry is that it's still male-dominated, um, or certainly has a male-dominated image, actually. Um, what, what has been your experience so far as a woman working um, in, in this sector? Well, of course, it's wonderful that the health and safety executive, Sarah Alban, who is an excellent chief executive, and in fact, a number of our senior inspectors are um, women as well, and they've rec recruited into the HSC a training inspectors and has grown with the organization and I think that visible leadership is really important all the research will show that you have to have role models um, in if you want to increase the diversity of your workforce so that when people are young people or people of any age are thinking about a career or changing career or developing a career or starting a career when they look and see organizations who's visible to the outside world and they look for people who look like them so i think the hse has got a ways to go um so does the industry has got a ways to go but i think the uh, visible leadership within hse um, will certainly contribute to that and i know everyone um, is determined to make sure that we draw on all of the talents of the nation and have a, a, a diverse workforce. With, with more more young people coming becoming interested in, in um, health and safety, and with COVID putting this whole sector so much at the forefront of everybody's minds, what, what hopes do you have for the, the future of the sector? Well, I think you're quite right in saying that at the moment people are not only thinking about health and safety, but I think there is a really interesting conversation developing in the nation around risk and the nature of risk and how you have to balance aspects in making a decision. And I think that's actually really uh, a very important conversation. It's a challenging conversation. It can be difficult for people to try and understand how to measure risk and how you weigh up different risks in making decisions. But I think that is very important alongside the focus even to can go to work safely. And I think that this will make our whole sector 
better, more appealing to a range of people, perhaps people who didn't even know about the, the range of occupations that are available. And that can only be a good thing because, as I was saying, especially with the building safety, there are career opportunities in, um, in our occupation. It's interesting. I interviewed a chap who I think had been in health and safety for 50 years. I think he'd been there a long time. And he um, he was talking about in the 60s, everything was prescriptive. If you dug a trench, it had to be 12 feet yeah. wide, 6 feet deep or whatever. And, and then it became in the 70s more a case of almost by um, what's the word, uh, agreement between everybody, the idea that it's risk management yeah. and you, do, you, you have to make things work. And I suppose that ultimately is the way that the sector will, will move towards. I agree with you. I think that was a really good observation, and I think that's where we are now. Yeah. The evidence of its success um, is all around us. I mean, obviously, one fatality at work is one too many, and we're not at all complacent and always looking to see what we, more we can do to prevent anyone dying or having a serious injury at work. But if you look at the long-term trends, um, they are encouraging that having the right um, approach to how you measure risk in the workplace and how collectively employers and employees go about assessing that risk and mitigating it and working together, you know, it, it is bearing good fruit that things are moving in the right direction. Absolutely. Um, right, I've just got one last question for you. Uh, because the issue we're putting together now okay. is, is focusing on um, our uh, health and safety future leaders, that's all the, the younger members of IOSH, um, what advice or message would you have for them? Well, to uh, be really positive about their futures, I think they have got uh, a very bright future. And also, I would say to them to take as many opportunities to develop themselves as they possibly can, to take an approach of continuing. I mean, this is a, a fast-moving industry. There's lots of, uh, it's very dynamic, lots of things happening. And to always be thinking about um, taking more courses, uh, continuous professional development, looking at how they can develop themselves because... You know, they're important in every workplace, whether it's the public sector, the private sector, and to you know grasp all of the opportunities that are available because they'll probably be able to do, you know, three or four uh, different things and work in different industries, all within a career of health and safety. Wonderful. Thank you very much. We really appreciate you speaking to us. Great. Well, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. See you next month for another conversation on all things health and safety.